Well, Father, we thank you for your word. And I thank you that as a f- church family here, with, of all ages, we can join around your word. And I pray for Amen. Brian as he shares from his heart with us of Amen. your goodness, that we Amen. would be blessed and encouraged. Amen. And we would grow in faith in you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Those uh, 45 years, is just so, that's just how long my sermons often feel to you. I know that. But. So I thought today we'd set a record and we'd go for 50. How's that? No, I've got 15 minutes, so I better look at my watch and make sure I stick to the 15 minutes if I possibly can. The beginning of a new year can either be exciting or daunting, can't it? And um, we go through all kinds of experiences in the course of the year. And... Uh, I want to go back in time, actually, because I want to share this morning part of my personal story from 1983, which I know for some of you weren't even born, were you? And uh, that seems to you, and some of you were born then, and you're getting middle-aged now, so um, that's the way it is. But um, life just moves on. This is a personal story, and it's a story that really is a story that began with fear, anxiety, stress, and uh, it went on to become a story of faith that I was already a Christian, but it was a story of faith that I learned a lot during this experience about God and about how he can see us through the darkest times. He sees us through the best of times. Now, when we're having the best of times, that's not a problem, is it? Because that, that's, that is a time when actually, although we rejoice in God, perhaps we don't always feel that sense of need for him. But when you're in trouble, when you're in that dark place, as we were singing about earlier on, in that dark place, then that does, in fact, we pray better often when we're in trouble than when we're enjoying life, don't we? Is that true? Or is it just me? I don't think it is. And and so, 1983, the the months, the last months of that year, it was a work, I won't go into detail, it was a work-related issue. I was working the electricity supply industry I had a very responsible job for, um, uh, uh, yeah, I won't go into detail. It was just very responsible. And um, the industry that I was, the industry embarked, the part, my part of it embarked on a big reorganization. And um, I was caught up in that. And the, all the issues and problems that arise when you're dealing with that, the issues of the people that you're dealing with, the issues of the reorganization of bringing things together, and I got more and more stressed and more and more anxious and felt more and more overwhelmed. How many of you ever been in that place? Yeah, hands going up all around the room. This is a common experience, I think, for most people's lives. Some people seem to have a sort of golden life where nothing goes wrong. So it goes from one success or one to another, as far as you can see. And they seem to go through life in an unruffled sort of way. But I don't think they're the norm. I think most of us go through the, the, the hills, we climb the hills, we go down into the valleys, we walk in the sun, we plunge into darkness. And, and that's the way life often is for us. Either it's work-related, sometimes it's family-related, sometimes it's just very personal stuff that you're trying to deal with inside yourself, and all those sorts of things. But anyway, in those months, it just piled up and piled up. And I probably had, up to that point, the worst Christmas I'd ever had because I couldn't relax. I was continuously anxious about the future, about how I was going to cope with all the different things that were being piled on in addition to the normal everyday stuff. Uh, And it was a huge challenge for me. So I went through Christmas not very happy. But as I approached the new year, 
and I was already in this church by then. I've been in the church since 1980, so that was four years in. I think I was probably just, just being made an elder at that point. I'm not quite sure now. But um, it was a very stressful time, and I felt responsibility and, I, and so on. I asked God for a word. It's always a good thing to do when you're in trouble. One of the great values of reading the scripture and from day to day is that you, you have the opportunity to build up the word of God inside yourselves. And that's why I think, you know, uh, our regular daily devotion and our reading of scripture, even if it's only small portions, read a small portion but read it well. It's better than reading a large portion and not reading it very well. Just take a small portion, take it. And uh, if you like, God's word can become rather like a, a really nice chocolate. You put it in your mouth and it melts and you don't want to you know, swallow it too soon, do you? You let, all the th- let God's word be like that to you from day to day. And uh, you'll find a great deal of benefit from it. So it came to the 1st of... Ju- no, the 2nd of January was the first Sunday of 1984. And I came here and I said to God, I need a word. I can't remember now who it was who brought the word. If you're here this morning and remember it, well, that would be good. But I, the, the word was this. Bearing in mind I've only got 15 minutes, so I'd better find where I wrote it down. Here it is. This was the word that came to me. I want to tell you, my state of mind was very, very troubled. And uh, more than I could put into words, I think, here this morning. It would be hard to express how that is, but... Probably some of you have felt that, under great pressure in different circumstances. And uh, the sort of thing that when you wake up in the night and your mind starts going like an express train and you can't get back to sleep, that kind of thing. And so on that Sunday, this word was given by one means or another. It comes from Isaiah chapter 41, and it's verses 10 and verses 13 and 14. And it reads like, verse 10 says this. We've heard this already through one of the testimonies. So do not fear, for I am with you, Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Verse 13, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, for I myself will help you, declares the Holy One of Israel. And there's a great deal in that. But the key words were these. I will help you. I will help you. And as I took that on board, and as I, as I dwelt on that, and I have to tell you, by that stage, I was reading my Bible every day. It made as much sense and it was as interesting as the telephone book is. That's where I got to. I would come to worship. I would go through the motions. But inside me, all that was going on is a turmoil of fear and anxiety. I'm trying, on the outward appearance, many people, most people would not have known. Only my closest friends knew some of the trouble and difficulty that I was going through. I will help you was a direct word from the Lord to me. Uh, and it's, if you, I want you to go away with this this morning. We have a God in heaven who is willing, able, totally able to come alongside us in any kind of circumstance, in any kind of challenge. The challenge before us might be one that intimidates us. The challenge before us might be one that excites us. 
whatever, a whole spectrum. But he is able to come in to every circumstance, every situation uh, that, that you can possibly, we could possibly find among us here this morning. I know many people are here. We each, at some point in our Christian life, in our daily life, in our family life, uh, in our work life, and from time to time we will need help from somewhere or another. The psalmist says, where does my help come from? Psalm 1 to 1. Where does my help come from? He says, does it come from the hills? Effectively, he says, no, it doesn't. It comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. For him in those days, the hilltops were often, uh, in times when Israel was in backsliding, was where the pagan gods and all their images were. He wasn't going to look to any other source other than the source that he knew that was rival, which was the Lord himself. And that's what this scripture brought me back to, to focus my attention upon God and upon what he was able to do for me, and here it is. And it came so easily in the sense that God was really helping me And uh, what I remember most from this is the moment when I will help you really began understood it. Let's examine it. Who is I? Who is it who's, who is the I in this? I. The I is the Lord God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the creator of all things, the God who began everything. The God who existed before anything else was. The God who spoke worlds into being. The God who created time before he spoke the worlds into being. So that was somewhere to put the things he was creating. And you have only, I mean, for me, actually, science increasingly is. Now, I'm amazed at all the intricacy of our entire universe and all of that sort of thing. It didn't come out of an accident. It came out of a divine purpose and plan of which you and I are a part. That's the amazing thing. You and I are part of some great, enormous, divine, divine power plan that, that, that possibly we haven't yet even begun to brush the surface off. I do believe that. But we are important to God. And that's why he comes alongside. That's why Jesus came and died for us. The God of saying to Stuart, the thing that's taken me this, during this December, this Advent period, is the God who came to us because we could not go to him. That's the miracle. The one who created, and this is the one who says, who's able to do exceeding abundantly above everything that we ask or think, says the scripture. It's this God who says, I will. Will is a promise. The almighty God is making a promise. I will. I I've heard many preachers say there are at least 365 promises in the Bible. I googled this early this morning. The one I looked at, how many promises are there in the Bible? It came up with something like 3,600. How about that? There are certainly more promises in the Bible because I've got a book here which says there are 800 promises from the Word of God. And one of the people who knew that I was having a very difficult and tough time was my friend Peter Day, who's sitting there. Do you recognize this book? Do you recognize it? It's well-worn. I think it was your personal book. I don't know. Either I've worn it well or not. It says here there are 800 promises from the Word of God. I've used it as a resource many times. But I have to tell you that in 1983, 
and, and, and the early stage of 1984, the only promise in God's word, in fact, the only part of God's word that I could take hold of was the promise that I got on that day where God says to me, I will help you. I, I did read some of the other promises. It's all got little, and, and they were lovely to read, but they didn't do anything for me. When the Bible wasn't doing anything for me other than that one verse. When prayer was bouncing off the ceiling, so it seemed to me, but God was listening anyway, wasn't he? But that's what it seemed like. Don't go by your feelings. Go by the word of God. Don't go by your feelings. Go by the God who, who makes promises that he keeps. That's what we need to do. You know, we're not going to find answers anywhere, really, in all the great issues of life, whatever they are, except from God himself. He's the authority. And, and our world needs to recover that. But anyway, I mustn't digress. I will is, a, I is God Almighty. Will is the promise. Help. I will help. We, that's just what we're crying for usually when we're on our knees, isn't it? Help. Help me. In the distress of the circumstances of life, help me. I've had other crises since then, you know, of one kind or another. And, and, and you and I are just saying, we're crying for help usually, aren't we? It's the first thing, help me, help me, help me. And we have a God who's willing, because he says, I will help you. It gets very personal. It's not a general, it is a general promise, but actually, when God says it, he says it to each one of us individually. You know, I will help you, Andrew. That's what he says. I will, you know, I'll, I'll help you, Susan. Uh, you know, he, 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 can, he knows your individual need. He knows better than you know what is wrong. He knows the answer. He understands even the problem better than you do. That's why he's the best one to address it. That's why we need to take up that promise. I will help you. And then I was reading it one day, and God said to me, you can put your name in there. Put your name in there. I will help you, Brian. It got very personal. And then he said to me, there's an easy way to remember it. And now we go back to Sunday school, Brian. Raise your hand. I will help you, Brian. It's a visual aid. I can't get rid of it. I've got two of them, right? <laughs> Which I'm grateful, right? I will help you, Brian. I can't remember, I could not tell you how many times in the course of the days, of the early days of 1984, that January, February, March. So you see, it didn't just suddenly all go away. It didn't just suddenly all go right. It wasn't that overnight there was a solution. It wasn't as though I'd been in darkness and the light came on. Yes, the light did come on, but it was a light that was ever growing in me as I focused on the light, as I allowed the light to grow, as I allowed the Holy Spirit to illuminate the, the understanding of such a simple phrase as I will help you, Brian. And the great thing this morning is, as we stand on the, this first day of the new year, and whatever place you are in your life this morning, that promise that was made originally right the way back, what? 2,000, 3,000 years ago, something like that, is still true. Because God doesn't change. You know? 
He is unchangeable. He is totally consistent. None of us are. But he is utterly, totally consistent. When he's made a promise, he keeps it. Right? And, and if, if you're in a dilemma this morning, whatever it is, I, I, my hope is that this personal testimony will encourage you not only to take up this scripture, but to ask God for a word for yourself. Ask God for a word. I, I, you know, I haven't always done this when I sit and do uh, um, my quiet time in the morning. Uh, and I know it's easier to have a quiet time when you're retired, although I'm not quite sure about retirement because I seem to be as busy as ever. But I do have the leisure of not having to be somewhere by 9 o'clock or whatever it is in the morning. So I can take time uh, with the scripture. I've been working my way through Psalm 119. I recommend it. You know, you only t- talked about just now a little bit of a scripture. Just it's in stanzas as it works its way through. And I sit there and I read it. And I, before I read it, I say, Lord, what is it you want to say to me today? Now, I've done that fairly consistently, I suppose. But somehow special at the moment, as I've come to that, um, I've been doing something else in Ad- in Advent, following a little book of Advent readings. But I, what I've found is that as I focus, and as I say, Lord, what is it you want to show me today, first from the Scripture? And if I've got a, an aid to go with it, that's, that's better still. But, and I just sit there, and I let God draw words and phrases out of it. And that's how God speaks to us. It's not just this word. He's got a word for every one of us. If we take the time and trouble to sit and listen be quiet, open our hearts, open our minds, open our spirits to what he wants to say to us. And when he said it, go with it. Interesting when Mary says to the, at that wedding at Cana again, whatever he says to you, do it. You know, don't ask questions, just do it. So the word I want to bring, that anxiety began to go. It went over a period of time, over the months, until eventually I emerged, as it were, from the you know, the forest of fear and anxiety that I'd been in. And I began, I began to that point when I did begin to see the wood for the trees. I could. And, and I'm emerging from it. And I'm, from that, I have learnt this great lesson that there is always a God there. I've used this. I will help you. In my pastoral ministry here in the church, <coughs> in my chaplaincy ministry at Burswood, uh, faced with many dilemmas, with many issues, and just asking God for a word. And when you've got that word, uh, and for yourself, and when you've got a word for somebody else, and I try to avoid the trite words, it is not a great deal of help for somebody who's immersed in a deep depression like that to slap them on the back and say, well, trust the Lord, brother. That's about as useful as a, you know, a bucket with a hole in it. It's a, it, it, it's a truth. Yes, trust the Lord. But God meets us where we are. And in that case, he met me where I am. I will help you, Brian. I want you to take that away this morning. I want that to be something that speaks to you. I want to believe that it will help you and encourage you in the year to come. And in conclusion, I want to read you a hymn. And... uh, it's a hymn written by Francis Ridley Havergal. That will mean a great deal to older people, maybe not so familiar. She was in the 1800s. She wasn't a particularly well lady. She wrote some fantastic hymns. 
And this is one of the hymns that she wrote, and it reflects, really, the scripture that God spoke to me. Let me read the scripture again, and then let me read the hymn, and then I'll sit down. So this is it, from Isaiah 41, verse 10, and verses 13 and 14. And God says, so do not fear. He's speaking to you, some of you now. So do not fear, for I am with you. I am with you. Never doubt it. Do not be dismayed. That's a horrible place when you feel dismayed, isn't it? Do not be dismayed, for I am with you. For I am the Lord your God, who says, take, who takes hold of your right hand. You know, his hand is extended. He takes hold of us. And do not fear. Do not be afraid. For I myself will help you. Remember who myself is, declares the Holy One of Israel. Well, this is the hymn that this lady wrote around these verses. And it's written for the new year. Standing at the portal of the opening year, words of comfort meet us, hushing every fear, spoken through the silence of our Father's voice, by our Father's voice, tender, strong, and faithful, making us rejoice. Onward then and fear not, children of the day, for his word shall never, never pass away. I, the Lord, am with thee, Be thou not afraid. I will help and strengthen. Be thou not dismayed. Yea, I will uphold thee with my own right hand. Thou art called and chosen in my sight to stand. For the year before us, oh, what rich supplies. For the poor and needy, living streams shall rise. For the sad and sinful shall his grace abound. For the faint and feeble, perfect strength be found. He will never fail us. He will not forsake. His eternal covenant, he will never break. Resting on his promise, what have we to fear? God is all sufficient for the coming year. Onward then and fear not, children of the day, for his word shall never, never pass away. Amen.